Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We have now approached the halfway point of the 2019 Pro Bowl vote. Who are your standout players this season? Which NFL stars do you want to see at this year's Pro Bowl? Make sure your favorite players get their spot on the AFC and NFC rosters. Vote today at NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote or by using the hashtag Pro Bowl vote and including the first and last name of the player, the player's official Twitter handle or a hashtag including the player's first and last name. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Meet your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, our guy. Graham Barfield is inactive this week. He's uh, nursing, I believe, a sinus infection. Whatever it is, get better, man. Yeah, buddy. This is kind of the time of the year where if you're an NFL employee, people get sick everywhere. And then you have to, like, basically just spray, like, this whole dome of Lysol around you so the germs stay away. Because everyone's getting well, has, sick right has now. Has the annual newsroom cold happened? Because it it, it, it spreads. It, you know, if you've never been in a newsroom or particularly our newsroom, it's just a wide open space. Yep. And so one person gets sick, they're sniffling, they're coughing, and it spreads like wildfire from one end of the newsroom to the other. It is an annual tradition. Unlike any other, it's not, it's not particularly. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully that's not what Graham has. Whatever it is, we're with you, buddy. Get better, and hopefully we'll see you back here soon. Yep. On the other side of the glass, as always, our faithful producer, Sir Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph, what's up? Yeah, I was going to say, Graham, is uh, he's just resting up for the fantasy playoffs. That's really what he's that's doing. Right, doing. Right, right. I mean, you know, you sit your stars before the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, that's he's a, smart. That's exactly what's happening. Plenty to talk about today. We will touch on Mike McCarthy being let go with the Green Bay Packers and what this might mean for Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and that whole offense going forward. Also, look at some players who've had some big weeks recently and try to determine whether or not they are real or mirages. Of course, we'll have your waiver wire and some Monday morning tweets. It's the last one of the regular season for the fantasy community. So we'll do all that and plenty more. But first, let's do some news. The The big news from late last week, the Chiefs, of course, releasing running back Kareem Hunt. And we know that he's not there. Obviously, we saw a lot of Spencer Ware on Sunday. Additional news, though, the team plans to host free agent running backs C.J. Anderson and Charkandrick West. Yeah, they've actually gone with Charkandrick West. All right, so he's back. Yeah, um, so talked to C.J. a little bit this morning and um, looks like they're going with Charkandrick. He is a guy who knows the offense. He's right. with the Chiefs. Before. I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are at a point in the season where obviously handcuffing your top running backs becomes important. Spencer Ware is the top running back there in Kansas City. Now, yesterday we saw a little bit of Damian Williams 
getting some touches there. As you mentioned, Sharkandrick West is a guy who knows the offense, has some some comfort level there in Kansas City. So if you are looking to pick up one of those guys as a handcuff, which way are you leaning right now? No, no, it, it would be Damian, no, no question about that. But, boy, I tell you something. Christmas came early. If you heard the news about Kareem Hunt and were either around your phone or a computer because Spencer Ware was widely available in all leagues across the board, and suddenly – You've got a potential RB2 down the stretch right in time for the fantasy playoffs. And, you know, that news with Kareem Hunt, the video was shocking. And it's so trivial to talk about fantasy football when you look at what happened in that video. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes we have to that's we, our, our we job, have to discuss these topics. But um, Spencer Ware is he said he has 69 percent of the snaps. He's going to see the majority of the touches in the backfield moving forward. And he's not Kareem Hunt from a skill uh, perspective. He's right. not. He's not going to catch a ton of passes out of the backfield. But. He is going to get volume as a ball carrier, no question about that. Well, and it's it's interesting because if Spencer Ware doesn't get hurt last year, yeah, he's the starter probably all year. Yep, you know I think he's you're right. He he maybe not you know talent wise on the same level, but he would have been good enough that he would have kept that job, yep. and and we probably wouldn't really know who Kareem Hunt is. So. Moving on, elsewhere across the National Football League, another running back situation. James Conner suffered a lower leg contusion late in Sunday night's loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. The good news is right now it may not be something very serious, but Fabs, I know a lot of people, probably yourself included, were holding their breath when James Conner went down in that game. Yeah, because it looked bad, and then he needed some help getting off the field. He wasn't really able to put a lot of weight uh, on that leg, and uh, Ian Rappaport, our NFL insider here, reporting that it's not as bad as it looked. Now, we don't know whether or not that means he's not going to miss any time, which would be preferable from a fantasy perspective, especially when you look at what Connor did in the first half last night. Plus, the schedule is pretty favorable. But this is and Marcus and I have talked about this. We've talked about it on the podcast. We talked about it on TV. This is why when you get close to the fantasy playoffs, you have to handcuff your top running backs because God forbid something happens where James Connor is going to miss time. Jalen Samuels is going to be the top ad off the waiver wire. And if you've made the playoffs or if you're in a position to make the playoffs, chances are you may not have an opportunity in terms of your waiver priority to go out and get him. So I still think regardless of what happens with Connor, Samuel still needs to be owned in all leagues, especially if you have Connor as your RB1. The Ravens place Alex Collins on injured reserve, which kind of ends what has been an up up and down and frustrating year for Alex Collins. We've seen Gus Edwards the last couple of weeks step in and really get a bigger role in that offense. Now, Kenneth Dixon, we saw him get on the field a little bit on Sunday there. Um, I mean, I don't really know what to say. I mean, obviously, Alex Collins, you can release back to the waiver wire if you hadn't already at this point. How much do you concern yourself, though, with Kenneth Dixon maybe cutting into Gus Edwards' opportunities there? Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of concern there. And Gus Edwards is one-dimensional. Like, he he's not going to catch it. He does pass. not catch the ball. And, I mean, he's getting carries, but, you know, his, his, his ceiling's not high at all. So, you like the volume. Uh, he's not he's not a guy who's who's going to be catching any passes out of the backfield, which is why you're seeing Ty Montgomery targeted so much for the Ravens. So as much as I liked Edwards coming into the week with a good matchup, I mean, he gave you sort of a mediocre stat line. And with Kenneth Dixon in the mix and Ty Montgomery mixing in there on third downs and passing downs, I think Edwards, uh, I've cooled on him a little bit. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I was really hoping for some big things this past week, figuring that this is going to be a really good matchup against Atlanta. And yeah, yeah, it was just kind of yeah, is what that was. Uh, bad news in Carolina. Greg Olson, the Panthers tight end, suffers a season-ending injury. It is another foot injury for Greg Olson. It's what kept him out pretty much all of last season. It's what kept him out earlier in this season, and it appears that it will end his season here in 2018. And you do have to kind of wonder, you know, how much more we see Greg Olson ever. I mean, he's, he's an older player who's had a very good career, obviously, but these foot injuries starting to sort of compound themselves and. Uh, you, you have to kind of wonder about Olsen's future. But in the short term, it's one more tight end we're taking out of play. Uh, a guy who had been playing well until recently. Yep. 
Ian Thomas is sort of the next man up there in Carolina. Is he enough of an, of an interest for you to maybe, if you were looking at somebody off the waiver wire, to take a run at? And it's bad right now. Marcus knows it. The, the tight end position is getting worse because not only did you just lose Greg Olson, but keep in mind, you know, you lost Jeff Hireman mm-hmm. uh, the, the week before. And uh, the, lost O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard goes out as well. I feel like there might be some better options off the waiver wire than Ian Thomas. But at this point, if you're streaming tight ends, it, it is a wasteland. I mean, Chris Herndon is out there, although he's coming off a bad game. Johnny Smith is out there. He's coming off a bad game. The Rams tight ends are out there. If you want a piece of that offense, they're out there as well. Uh, I, I know you had discussed Mark Edwards mm-hmm. uh, coming or Mark into Andrews. the week. I'm sorry, Mark Andrews yeah. coming into the week. So I think there are other options out there, but... If you don't have, you know, and Travis Kelsey aside, Zach Ertz aside, if you weren't lucky enough to grab an Eric Ebron, I mean, even an Austin Hooper, George Kittle's been tremendous this season, then you have been in a situation at the tight end position. Even Gronk, I mean, Gronk has been injured, and when he's not been on the sidelines and he has been on the gridiron, he's been really inconsistent, really inconsistent. It's been a tough season for for tight ends. Makes me wonder next year when we start drafting and stuff. Yeah, yeah. How early are people going to go out and grab an Ertz, a Kelsey? Yep. Because knowing the drop-off right now is so dramatic it's after huge. you get past the first two or three guys, I, I just I have a sneaking suspicion that you may see in some extreme cases people reaching in the second round to kind of get one of these tight ends just because. I mean, I, I think that's extreme, but I, yep. I do think you'll see some people kind of reaching that early just to make sure. Yeah, the, the other position that's going to be very interesting, and we've talked about this, is quarterback. Yep. How many people next season in drafts that we're going to participate in won't draft one or, or, or wait until the last three rounds? I always think it's funny doing doing drafts with folks in, in the fantasy industry or mm-hmm. people who are, are mm-hmm. really, really into it. And it's almost this game of chicken. Yes. Where everybody's yes. just sitting around here like waiting, sort of staring at each other to see who's going to be the first one to draft the quarterback. You know, it's it's being in these drafts and and. Sort of assuming this past year, obviously, that it would be Aaron Rodgers, the first guy off the board, and, and just waiting to see who's going to be the one to pull the trigger and mm-hmm. when it finally happens. And when it finally does, there's sort of this kind of this sigh, this groan in the room. It's just like, all right, now I got to go. think about ah. it. <laughs> yep. So that that's that's going to be interesting. And I think I think we're going to have something similar with tight ends where people are going to start to reach for them just to make sure they get one that they feel comfort, comfortable with every mm-hmm. week. Yep. A.J. Green suffers another leg injury in the loss to the Broncos. He had had a a toe injury, which had kept him out for a couple of weeks. He came back, played a little bit, then got hurt early in that game, and and we didn't see him anymore. And I will tell you that I was a little bit surprised that he came back after Andy Dalton got hurt. Uh, It was something we talked about last week, the Bengals sort of falling out of playoff contention at this point, and I just was surprised they brought him back. I would think that now with this, this might be the last we see of A.J. Green this year. Could be, and it should be because the Bengals are out of it. And, I mean, when you get carted off the sidelines and into the locker room, uh, chances are with four weeks remaining in the regular season and your team floundering, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you know. I mean, just you're not going to see the field again. Right. I mean, it doesn't make sense for the Bengals. It doesn't make sense for A.J. Green. Um, it, it, it just, I feel like at this point they may just shut him down and call it a year and then see what happens next year when they're hopefully healthy. And, and who knows, maybe with a new head coach next year, if uh, Marvin Lewis, how many times have we gone through this where like, Marvin Lewis has been on the hot seat and he inevitably survives. I feel like last year, even Marvin Lewis himself was sort of surprised to come back. I just got the feeling that they asked him about it and, and the general attitude he got was, yeah, I guess. I guess I'm coming back. He didn't even seem all that excited about it, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, man, if I'm a Bengals fan, um, I, I'm looking for change. I'm looking for change. It's been long enough. The Bengals haven't done anything since Marvin Lewis has been the head coach. I mean, they've had some good seasons. They still don't have a playoff one. I mean, so, yeah, to, to me, it's it's time to, to cut ties there and uh, make a new, um, start a new era there in Cincinnati. As I, will say, I will say this, though. If they miss the playoffs, it will deprive of deprive us of one of our unofficial NFL media holidays. Our pal Chris Wessling has what he calls Westivus, which is <laughs> him getting, uh, you know, getting friends together and watching and celebrating the Bengals' inevitable first-round playoff mm-hmm. loss. But if there's no first-round playoff game, yeah. there's no first-round playoff loss. That's right. So no West of us this year. That's going to be kind of sad. There we go. That's pretty much everything you need to know.
All right, so the one headline that I did not mention in our news segment for obvious reasons, the biggest story of Sunday, Mike McCarthy fired by the Green Bay Packers. The Packers right now, after their shocking loss at home to the Arizona Cardinals, they sit at four, seven and one. And for all intents and purposes, I mean, if if last week hadn't knocked them out of the playoff race, you figured this has pretty much all but sealed their fate in terms of not getting to the playoffs. The Packers, the 17th ranked offense, their eighth in passing. Aaron Rodgers has, he has not been the Aaron Rodgers we're used to seeing. He's got 3,500 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, does have, has just one interception. So he has been pretty good, all things considered, even if it's not what we're used to seeing. And he's still a top 10 quarterback as we sit here today. But this just wasn't working, Fabs. I mean, everybody, it was kind of one of the biggest stories in the NFL is that how is it that this Packers offense was struggling so much to move the football and to score points? It just seemed like while maybe the timing caught us off guard, this seemed sort of inevitable. Yeah, it did. I wasn't expecting him to get uh, the hook on game day after a loss. But I mean, listen, the Packers threw up all over themselves. You lose at home to the Cardinals. And a rookie quarterback in Josh Rosen. The worst ranked offense in the league. I mean, like, I loved the Packers defense in fantasy. Love them. And how could you not? Home game, cold, snow. Josh Rosen grew up in Manhattan Beach, California. You're thinking this is a no-brainer. And unfortunately, there are very few no-brainers in fantasy football. We learn that painfully <laughs> every single season. But this... It was going to happen. I didn't think it would happen again on Sunday. But now you bring in Joe Philbin. And when we look at Joe Philbin's resume, of course, he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Um, He's also been clearly the OC of the Green Bay Packers. And when you look back at what sort of offensive attack he likes to use, well, here's the good news if you have Aaron Jones. And by the way, how how the hell, Marcus, do you split carries between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams when Aaron Jones is clearly, it was back to like four weeks ago. How does Aaron Jones get 11 carries against one of the worst run defenses in the league? I think it was 14 to 11 or 15 to 11, like the touches. Are you insane, Mike McCarthy? I, I mean, mean, that's that, that's nuts. That right there is a fireable yeah. offense. So when Philbin was the head coach in Miami, Lamar Miller was a top 10 running back twice. He was five and he was nine. Uh, Reggie Bush in 2012 was 14. We're talking about in PPR leagues. So he's he's going to utilize Aaron Jones down the stretch. I think he'll be fine, even despite the lack of touches in, in the game against the Cardinals. He still ended up with a decent stat line, too. So good news for Aaron Jones owners. And I think, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, this this is example of where change is this is going to be a good change okay Aaron Rodgers has been a very unreliable fantasy quarterback for two straight weeks did I just say that yes you have I just said that Murph I just said that and Rodgers has had fewer than two touchdown passes in two straight games the last time that has happened 2015 it's been a long time so this change is good the one thing you have to be concerned about with Rodgers is that, I mean, he's got Devontae Adams and he's got a bunch of other then, wide receivers then, who are who? rookies and inexperienced and Randall Cobb's not making much of an impact as well. With that being said, I still would play Rodgers upcoming against the Atlanta Falcons because their defense is just not any good. And you want to talk about a team that's given up. That team has given up. That team has not showed now uh, for several weeks in a row. And this is the time of the year. Whereas a fantasy analyst, I'm kind of looking at that. I'm thinking, okay, which one of these teams is just tanking right now? And Atlanta's one of them. They're, they're definitely one of them. They're, so, they're bad right now. Yeah. I, I mean, their offense is a mess. Yeah. So even Matt Ryan. Like Matt Ryan was a guy you were starting every week. Now he's, he's got a I, – I believe the upcoming game is at Lambeau. And if it is, cold weather, Matt Ryan. Packers defense hasn't been terrible against quarterbacks overall this season either. So um, – that uh, that that might be another reason where you're going to be keeping Ryan on your bench, but yeah, th- th- this had to happen. And Rogers is how old now? He's 30, 30 just turned thirty five yesterday. 35? Yesterday was sort of a weird birthday present for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know the time is a ticking, my friend. The liberation of Aaron Rodgers. If he wants to get back to a Super Bowl, they're going to have to make some changes there, and they 
made one big one yesterday. Well, now you mentioned Joe Philbin. He is the interim head coach. He had been the o- the OC, although it was Mike McCarthy calling the plays very famously in this offense. You mentioned he was a former Dolphins head coach from 2012 to 2015, 24 and 28 record in that time. But before that, he had been the Packers offensive coordinator previously. And now he was the guy at the helm when Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett Favre as the starting quarterback in 2008. Now, in four seasons under Joe Philbin, Aaron Rodgers averaged about 4,200 yards, 32 touchdowns, nine interceptions per year. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, He had, as his wide receivers during that time, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, and some young guy named Jordy Nelson, who ended up being pretty good for a while Ten catches yesterday, by the way. Uh, Which is amazing. I don't know where that came from. Out of nowhere. Don't know where that came from. But, so, so, ideally, hopefully... This rekindles something, right? If Joe Philbin is back and you you can say what you like about him as a head coach, his record in Miami was not particularly great. Mm-hmm. But if if Rodgers can sort of rekindle what he had in the past under Joe Philbin, then at least for our purposes as fantasy folk, it's good news. This is a great move. Yeah. This is going to work out. It's good news. No doubt about that. No so, doubt about it. So now it does become an issue. Obviously, getting Aaron Rodgers going is priority one for this offense. But if this means something for Aaron Jones, that would be great. If they can establish a second wide receiver or somehow bring Jimmy Graham back to life. I just think that along with getting Aaron Rodgers going, they've got to find some other pass catchers who can be consistent there. I mean, we, we went through the Marquez Valdez scantling weeks for uh, for a little bit. Uh, there was a one week where Equinemius St. Brown showed up for a little bit. But they've got to find some sort of consistency because ever since Geronimo Allison went down, they just haven't really had anything close to a number two receiver on this team. You think McCarthy ends up in Cleveland next season? That is the scuttlebutt. Right? So it's like maybe Arians ends up with Green Bay because Arians said, I'm only going to come back and coach the Browns. Oh, wait a minute. Aaron Rodgers needs a quarterback? Hmm. Maybe so I'll go to Green Bay. It's it's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens. And I know that the Browns fans on my Twitter timeline were not – super ecstatic about the news reports that the Browns might yeah, right. get Mike McCarthy because here they are. Freddie Kitchens has taken over. They've unleashed Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb. I think I think Browns fans looking over at Green Bay are not all that fired up about Mike McCarthy maybe coming in and taking over. It'll team. be interesting. There's a lot of coaching <laughs> openings uh, that could become very interesting in the offseason. So, I mean... Now that we know that Joe Philbin is there, that Mike McCarthy is gone, obviously there's going to be maybe some transition into a, a bit of a new scheme as they try to work this through. Um, you go back. I mean, you go back to Aaron Rodgers right this week against Atlanta. You yep. go back to Aaron Jones. No do you, doubt. Do you do you take a chance on any other any other well, Packers not, not named Devontae yeah, Adams? I mean, I mean you got those three. Right? He's a nut. I mean. Jimmy Graham with the busted thumb and all. He had a bunch of catches mm-hmm. and tight ends thin. So I mean, I guess. He's in the category of you could do worse. But in terms of the wide receiver position, there's no one else that you can trust there. Not anyone. Not MVS. Right. Not Equinemius. Not, uh, not, not Randall Cobb. None. No, nobody. This is a, a three-horse race when it comes to fantasy football. It's Rodgers. It's Jones. It's DA. And then if you need it, it's Jimmy Graham. I'm looking at the schedule and, and the three weeks of the fantasy playoffs. It's home against Atlanta. That's a good one. And then two road games. One at Chicago. That's not good. One at the Jets. Just that sort of a mixed bag. Mm, yeah. um, and then for those of you sociopaths who play in week 17, <laughs> they're at home against the Lions. I don't know about you, but when 16, week 16 is done, dude, I'm happy I don't have to deal with setting my lineup and picking up players for 10 teams. Friends don't let friends play week 17. It's a headache. Those are words to live by. So uh, obviously we'll be keeping an eye on this, trying to see what Joe Philbin and the rest of the staff can make out of what's happened. The Packers, I think, for you know actual football purposes are sort of done. But for our fantasy purposes, there's still plenty to be said about what could happen. Candid makes it convenient, affordable, and easy to straighten your teeth. Candid's clear aligners are sent directly to your home and customized specifically for you to fix and straighten your teeth. Use their at-home modeling kit and then send back your impressions and some photos. Candid's network of highly trained orthodontists will then review your specific case and provide you with a 3D preview of what your treatment will look like. After you receive your 3D preview, you decide if you want to move forward or not. 
You can also talk to a real person at any time if you have questions. They'll even set up a video call to walk you through the modeling process. Candid's treatment takes an average of six months and costs 65% less than braces. It will literally save you thousands. You're one step away from getting straighter, wider teeth. Take advantage of Candid's risk-free modeling kit guarantee. Go to candidco.com slash live to save 25% on your modeling kit. That's candidco.com slash live to get 25% off your modeling kit. Candidco.com slash live. All right. There were some guys that uh, put up some numbers on Sunday. It's funny. And as, as I was going through this, I was trying to find some guys. And it just by chance happened to be a pair of teammates uh, on a couple of different teams that I looked at and I thought, okay, are these guys real or are they a mirage? So go through a couple of these and kind of get your thoughts on whether you think like this is something we should pay attention to for the playoffs or whether or not this is something we can sort of ignore. First one is Josh Allen. He's had 26 or more fantasy points in back-to-back weeks. A lot of it coming on the ground. Most of it. His playoff schedule, kind of middle of the road. He's at home against the Jets this week. He's uh, at home against the Lions the next week. And then he finishes in week 16, finishes the fantasy season in week 16 at New England. Is what we've seen out of Josh Allen, I mean, is this, can he keep this up? Or, you know, does it come crashing back down? See, I'm not brave enough to start a guy like Josh Allen during the fantasy playoffs, and I am always talking about how running quarterbacks have more value, and it's clearly true. You look at the numbers that he's put up, 135 rushing yards. Like, yeah, LaShawn McCoy, you're taking a backseat as a runner to our rookie quarterback, which is just, it's mind-boggling to me. But if you're in a super flex or a 2QB league, then Josh Allen needs to clearly be on your radar. And... You know, coming out of college, this is the guy with the big arm, right? You know, this guy's got a hand cannon, but he's doing his damage as a runner. And when you thought of rookie quarterbacks coming into the league doing damage as a runner, you thought, well, you thought Lamar Jackson, who he's done that in his own respect as well. But, man, I... Maybe I'm, you know, dude, I root for the Yankees, Cowboys, and Lakers, okay? I don't like to put the hopes and dreams of my fantasy teams on no-name guys. And I get Josh Allen is sort of becoming a name, but, like... I mean, am I starting Josh Allen over Aaron Rodgers? No, I'm starting Josh Allen over uh, even Baker Mayfield. I mean, Baker Mayfield has has been pretty solid over the last several weeks. So he he is a guy coming off of two big games who probably won't see his ownership percentage rise past 10%. I can't, I just can't trust him. And I, and I wrote about this in my latest things I learned column is that in that, Yes, he's running. He's running a lot, and he's running efficiently. First of all, though, he's averaged in the last two weeks about 10 yards per carry, which is an enormous number. But the difference between, say, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson is that the the Ravens have a lot of designed runs for Lamar Jackson. There are situations for him to actually get out and run. So much of what Josh Allen is doing are just impromptu scrambles that are really hard to sort of – predict you know at some point is a team going to put a spy on him to try to keep him in the pocket and make some throws because as a passer he's been really just average at best mm-hmm. uh, I mean a couple weeks ago I think he had 160 yards about 75 of them came on one play there's just so many things that scream and I know we, we talk about regression maybe you know ad nauseum but there are so many things that scream regression in what Josh Allen has done the last couple of weeks that it just makes it hard I'm with you I, I just can't trust him because none of what he has done while it's been great and if you're a Bills fan it's actually been a lot of fun to watch sure. it just seems so hard to pinpoint and, yep. and just just you know not guarantee but at least you know project what could happen next week so mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't do it with Josh Allen yeah and and I think moving on to the next player that you have on Lizay Jones it's yep. the same kind of thing you know Zay Jones is a guy that you know coming out of college had some upside Buffalo needed a wide receiver uh, and 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 he he has looked good in two of his last three games, I yes. believe. Um, he had 23 against the Jets in Week 10. Of course, that was with uh, Barkley mm-hmm. under center. Which shocked the world. And then, yes, and then he had 
Bupkis against the Jags. He had one target. Maybe? I mean, zip and, and didn't catch it. Right, and, and now you've got now you've got Miami, and you put up a big line against them. And you mentioned, you know, the, the schedule. You've got the Jets, Jermaine Johnson. Then you've got Detroit, uh, Darius Slay, and then you've got the the Patriots, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, depending on where these guys are going to be lining up, Zay Jones could have a pretty tough rest of the season schedule. Yeah, I, you know, and I just. Again, going back to Josh Allen and him not being a huge passer and right. not completing a bunch of passes, that sort of makes it uh, a little bit interesting. And it's funny because Zay Jones was a guy that I don't think anybody talked about coming out of college, but then he had a huge week at the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. and suddenly like Zay Jones became a thing. He made a couple of ridiculous catches at the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago, became a thing. Last year, just had a kind of a miserable rookie season, and now this year starting to maybe do things, but... The, the passing game in Buffalo has just been so inconsistent that it's just really hard to count on any of those pass catchers there. Yeah, yeah, he did have Go nine on. targets in the game yesterday, so Josh Allen clearly has uh, an affinity to throwing him the football. I just don't love the matchups coming up in the next three weeks. And again, it, it, it like I'm a scaredy cat when it comes yep. to fantasy football. Uh, I am, and, and you know what? Uh, I actually sort of went against that uh, this past week, and it burned me. Like, typically... I would rather go with guys who I feel like their floor is a little bit higher than going with high ceiling guys whose mm-hmm. floors uh, may not be as good. And I did that with Josh Reynolds this week and I started him and it burned me. I burned a and lot. I benched folks. Alshon Jeffrey, which means Jeffrey's going to blow up <laughs> against the Redskins. I guarantee it. He's going to have a huge game because I sat him. But um, yeah, Z- I mean, Zay Jones is just not a guy that I'm ready to trust right now, especially at the most important time of the season. So then, as, as well as he's done. So then Robert Foster. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Um, okay, so those are the two bills I had on my list. Now, just by chance, I came up with a couple of 49ers. So Dante Pettis, I feel like this is one that, that actually is gaining some traction, right? Yeah. He, he had nearly 30 points in PPR on Sunday. He's had 17 or more in two straight weeks. The schedule isn't particularly great for him in the playoffs. He's got Denver, Seattle, and Chicago. So that's not super exciting, but... The Niners are likely to be playing from behind. Yeah. They're likely to be throwing the football a lot in the second half. And, I mean, even even yesterday, a lot of what Pettis got came in the third and fourth quarters after the Seahawks had taken a pretty good lead. So, I mean, if that's the formula, then I sort of like what you could have with Dante Pettis. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, Pierre Garçon's, you know, he, he's been banged up. Marquise Goodwin is dealing with uh, a personal situation. So as long as this kid's in there and he is the primary target outside of George Kittle for Nick Mullins. Oh, by the way, Nick Mullins. I mean, you know, I get it from a reality perspective. You're not looking at that game and thinking that he performed very well from a fantasy perspective. He threw for 414. That yards. one. I mean, it was like, it, was, it wasn't in, in, until like, in Seattle. It wasn't until later on Sunday evenings. I'm going through and I'm like, he had 400 yards, 414 <laughs> yards. Right. I mean, uh, Mayfield had 397 was second. So and no one was starting Nick Mullins. And there was even no whispers one. that maybe CJ Beathard was going to take that job back. But from a fantasy standpoint, although no one started him, Nick Mullins did have a nice game. Garbage time game script. And that favors Pettis because the Niners are likely going to have to throw the football quite a bit. Yeah, I I think I like Dante Pettis. It's he has sort of blossomed a lot of it by necessity because as you mentioned, Marquise Goodwin's been absent. Pierre Garcon uh, hasn't really been much of a factor, and teams are starting to pay more attention to George Kittle. So that's opened some things up for for Pettis. I mean, he was a guy that coming into this year, I think the Niners just mostly expected him to kind of be a special teams guy to return punts and kicks and that sort of thing. But he has gotten an opportunity, and he really has made the most of it. He's been a big play guy when given the chance. Mm-hmm. Jeff Wilson, because we can't go more than two weeks without an unknown Niners running back popping up and doing things right. out of nowhere. It's like first, he's like the new Gus Edwards. Right? I mean, right? or or is he the new Raheem Mostert? Or is he the new Matt Breida? I don't know. Or is he the new, like, whatever. Um, but, I, but I will tell you this, if Breida's out, and the touches are there. This dude had 23 touches. 23 touches. Well, first off, Breed is not going to be out um, because we know that whatever happens this week, he's going to find a way to come that's back true. and play on Sunday that's because that's just who Matt Breida is. Yep. But the thing is, Matt Breida may play, and then everybody will sit Jeff Wilson, and then Breida will tweak an ankle because that's what happened on Sunday. Nobody knew this, but I guess during pregame warm-ups, 
Breida sort of re-aggravated an old ankle injury. Then I think he got it twisted on a screen pass. And then suddenly Jeff Wilson's in the game. Jeff Wilson Jr., I should say, was in the game. And as you mentioned, 23 touches, 134 total yards. I mean, credit out of nowhere. Credit Kyle Shanahan for just cycling these running backs through there and having them be productive week after week. Mm -hmm. But this just feels like... It just feels like Raheem Mostert part two, right? Like just when you start to get comfortable, yep. then Matt Breida comes back and then we never hear from Jeff Wilson. Again. So here's something crazy, right? Of the top eight PPR running backs going into Monday night, two of them are owned in less than 1% of NFL.com leagues. Chase Edmonds and, and, Jeff, and Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Just like we drew it up, Marcus. <laughs> just like we drew it up. So Wilson will be one of the two or three top picks off the waiver wire this week just because he is playing in a Kyle Shanahan offense. It's very running back friendly and you have to sort of keep tabs on what happens with Matt Breida. But there's always that risk that Marcus just brought out that Breida comes back and is the hero of the day. He's overcoming another injury and suddenly he gives, he gets 20 touches and then Jeff Wilson is a one week thing, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I will say this. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what the 49ers do in the off season with that running back position. Cause you've got Jarek McKinnon coming back but Le'Veon Bell is going to be available. So I don't know. Um, it's going to be really interesting because if the Niners get a true featured back, whether it is going to be Jarek McKinnon or whether it's someone else that they bring in, that running back is going to have a lot of fantasy value. The Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes will be, I was going to say it's going to be interesting, and I guess it will be interesting. It's also, I feel like it's going to be the story that we're all going to be sick of. <laughs> by the time it's over like we're gonna get you know we're gonna be leading up to free agency yep. there's going to be all this you know what's going to happen with lev bell yep. and it'll be you know intriguing and cute for like a couple of days but we'll hear so much about it that it'll be like i, I can't so you got san fran um which by the way i did a i did an event in san francisco a couple of years ago and people who live in that in that area hate the term san fran yes it's they don't like that they don't like frisco either yes so i'll say san francisco i i, my, I apologize um but KC is now in the mix because Kareem Hunt's no longer there. Philadelphia, you would think, could be in the mix. Indianapolis could be in the mix as well. So it is going to be a lot of fun. And Le'Veon Bell, uh, who I drafted in our Experts League, and that's part of the reason why I'm not I mean, to make the playoffs. But um, that is going to be a big-time storyline. What about a sneaky one for you? Mm. Miami. Ooh, right. It's obvious that Adam Gaze doesn't like Kenyon. Yeah, Drake. but you don't want him there because then Frank Gore is going to cut into his touches. <laughs> right? I mean, it's obvious that that Adam Gaze does not like Kenyon Drake. Uh, you know, Frank Gore, as much as I joke that he will live forever. I mean, at some point he will eventually not be there anymore. Um, I don't know what the, what they build around him because the rest of that team has a lot of issues. But uh, you know, who knows? I mean, Lev did send that random tweet, "Farewell Miami," so maybe he hangs out down there. Who By knows? the way, that that whole Kenyon Drake, and then I mix in a little Alex Collins in that. I think we've learned a lesson, and uh, this is a lesson that we may have learned in the past, but even more so, when you see a running back sort of break out in the second half of a season who otherwise wasn't you know, really Don't all trust that it. great. You can't trust them the following year. Don't you trust just can't. Drake, Alex Collins this season, and not that Alex Collins was drafted in the first three or four rounds, but there was a lot of juice behind him because he was that running back who the zero running back uh, hey. truthers were out there screaming from the mountaintops he was, about. He was one of my favorite sleepers this year. And he absolutely tanked i mean he had a, he had a couple of decent games but he could never shake the presence of buck allen and now he's on injured reserve and um uh, so th that's a lesson that i'm definitely going to take in the next season as i look back and do research at some of the the running backs who sort of came out of nowhere to be second half heroes this season because clearly it doesn't guarantee success uh the following campaign so no gus edwards then is what you're saying no i, I baltimore's got to do something. <laughs> they, they gotta do something about they've got to do something i mean especially you know if that offense is, is going to be revolving around lamar jackson they have got to get uh, some sort of upgrade at the running back spot. And I guess it could. God said, we're just been a nice story, but come on, Marcus, you know, he's not going to be I mean, the guy moving forward. He also was like a two week story. And that was kind of, yeah, I said words. So, uh, one more real quick. And you mentioned briefly, Chase Edmonds having the, the two touchdowns. And I thought about putting him on this list until I realized that he only got five carries. Yeah. It's just that three of them came inside the 10 yard line and two of them ended in the end zone. So, uh, and Byron left was, he, he left. What was, are you was, doing? He was he was in our good graces. You were going to be our hero, Byron. He was in our good graces, and guess what? 
We were all counting on you. Mm-hmm. You let us down. Yes, you did. You, you turned in. You turned into Mike McCoy part two <laughs> on Sunday. The last couple of weeks. Maybe it was let the influence down. of Lambeau Field. Oh, man. Uh, so it is Monday, and even though we are heading toward the fantasy playoffs. Still hit the waiver wire, folks. It is still important. So we've got our list of waiver wire names here. Josh Allen we've talked about a little bit. Uh, Some names that that you have heard probably a few times on this list. Cortland Sutton. Uh, We talked about Jeff Wilson and Dante Pettis a little bit. Um, The Chris Godwin-Adam Humphrey split. We we started the week trying to figure out which one should you get, what should you do. They both ended up scoring touchdowns, so it actually ended up being kind of okay either way. Dude, Humphrey's has been good, man. I mean, this is a guy that we've been talking about on the show for several weeks now. He's doesn't have the big name value. I get it. You know, he, he's not a Julian Edelman. Uh, he's actually been better than Julian Edelman, believe it or not. But look at his stat lines. I mean, 14-6, 28-9. Then he had a stinker against the Redskins, came back with 15 against the Giants, 17-4 against the Niners, and then 19-1 against Carolina. Then he's got New Orleans coming up. And the New Orleans defense has been better. I yes. mean, the last three games, I think they're averaging like 13 points a game. That's it. So... That's not necessarily a great matchup, but he's certainly put himself on the radar over the last three or four weeks. And then you've got Baltimore tough one. Then you've got Dallas. So uh, Humphreys is a guy that you should definitely have on your roster uh, or at least on your radar. If you need a wide receiver, he's still a free agent in over 60 percent of leagues on NFL.com. Chris Godwin's also going to be out there, too. And as long as Deshaun Jackson is not in the mix because of the injury that he sustained, um, both of these players in an offense that's throwing it a ton. And how weird is it? I mean, like, I, I got to look it up. I got to talk to research um, after the show. But you're, uh, the Buccaneers quarterback, in quotes. Great, right. He's still, still, still got to be QB2 behind Patrick Mahomes. This is weird. I mean. Winston's had 22 in two straight weeks. It's definitely greater than the sum of its parts because, you know, like, taken individually – I'll say this. You're right. Jameis Winston the last couple of weeks has been pretty good because he hasn't thrown an interception. In he's, had, he's had one pick in his last three games since he replaced Fitzpatrick. Right. And that includes the game he replaced him. So that, which is very un-Jameis-like to not throw interceptions, you usually just chalk up at least one. So that is a plus. Uh, other names, Jalen Samuels. Keep an eye on James Conner. We talked about yep. that earlier, that it looks like it's not serious that he will play. But again, we are in we're in cuffing season, right? This is the time <laughs> to start handcuffing your running backs for the playoffs. So Jalen Samuels is sort of the next guy up there in Pittsburgh behind James Conner. So that's one to keep an eye on. Justin Jackson is an interesting name here because there were the reports earlier last week that Maybe this is a one-week issue for Melvin Gordon, and that maybe he comes back in week 14. At that time, that seemed like it means Justin Jackson wouldn't be a thing, that you know he would have maybe one week to possibly get some things done, and then he would go back to the, the bench. But yesterday... He was better than Austin Eckler when it came to running the football. He was. Eckler, Eckler struggled running the football in the first half. Second half, we saw them give it to Justin Jackson. He found holes. He was a lot more productive. And so it makes you wonder, what happens even if Melvin Gordon comes back? Do the Chargers still find a way to try to get him on the field? I think either way... I think he's worth at least a speculative ad and hold on to to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah, he was uh, a guy that I had last week as a speculative ad because when you look at the tape, he looks good. And the the Chargers could not get the ground game going at all in the first half. They went to Justin and suddenly they started having success on the ground. So and boy, what a game that was last night. I mean, Dave Damashek, I I, you know, uh, my apologies. I know you're a big Steelers fan, but that was a hell of a game. And boy. The, the, the oddity of the three, three calls attempts. at the end uh, against the defense. I mean, I guess you can say they were trying to block that field goal attempt and uh, they kept they kept getting off sides. But um, that 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 game, one of the more exciting games of the season, especially when you consider that the Chargers were down early and the Steelers looked like they might boat race them and the Chargers came back. Phillip Rivers is having an MVP type of season, both in reality and in fantasy. Rivers has become one of the better quarterbacks in fantasy football who you drafted late. Another quarterback who you may be able to wait on next season again in your drafts, which is very likely. But um, they could not get that ground game going until Jackson came in. And suddenly this is potentially, depending on how long Gordon is going to be out, this could end up being a committee situation with him and Austin Eckler. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the thing you start to wonder uh, about that. And, you know, another thing that we talked about uh, during our pre-show meeting for NFL Fantasy Live is maybe they don't rush Melvin Gordon back next week. You know, give- well, you know who they got. They're playing the Bengals. They're playing the Bengals. I mean, so, they should be able to whoop the Bengals with Justin right. Jackson and Eckler. They're they're terrible right now. And getting that win on Sunday night against the Steelers, I mean, that's huge. Yep. Because it definitely keeps the Chargers kind of in the thick of things. They're still just a game behind the Chiefs in the AFC West. They're nine and three, so they're in they're in excellent position for at least a wild card. Still with a shot at the division. So maybe they hold Melvin Gordon out for one more week, yep. let him get healthier, and then bring him back, say, in week 15. I wouldn't be surprised. And I think it was a it was a coming out party, which sounds strange because the team has been so good this year. But they're sort of seen as the other team in Los Angeles because everyone talks about the Rams. No one talks about the Chargers, really, except for our Matt Money Smith, by the way, who we love and had to have a great time calling that game last night. But the Chargers, in front of a nationally televised audience, came out and said, hey, rest of the NFL – we're pretty damn good. Now we got Joey Bosa back. Our quarterback's playing at an MVP level, and we're ready to compete with the Patriots and the Chiefs and the AFC. And again, I think they were sort of the forgotten team that's played really well. But after last night, doing that on the field, at Heinz Field, on the road, coming back from an early deficit, the Chargers really made a statement. Yeah, they absolutely did. So uh, that could very well impact what they do with uh, with Melvin Gordon. Right, and again, like we said, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Gordon just gets rested for the playoffs, at least maybe in the next week, because the Bengals' defense, they could uh, – Phil, Phil can, could go for 350 and three <laughs> touchdowns without Gordon against that defense right now. A couple other names to keep an eye on on the waiver wire. Damian Williams, we mentioned, that goes along with sort of handcuffing guys. You know, if you've got Spencer Ware, then Damian Williams is a name you should pay attention to. Uh, the Saints' defense, which has played very well 13 recently. 13-plus in three straight games. There you go. Uh, and then Kenneth Dixon, who you know, who knows exactly how things are going to work in that Ravens' backfield, but Dixon is there. He got some touches on Sunday, so he's at least worth maybe a dart throw uh, at some point yep. in the next week or so. Uh, all right. Last week of the regular season, Monday morning time, I sent out the tweet, and I will say that I got some of the – I think we had some of the saddest ones because, like, not only were people, you know, sad because they lost, for a lot of people – Now they're done. This ended their fantasy season. So this was this was particularly sad. Yeah, it was the most amount of uh, screenshots. Like, <laughs> I lost by a fraction of a point, and I'm out of the playoffs, and my team is way better. <laughs> Um, we'll start off with a couple of uh, roster decisions first. Uh, Guillermo wrote he sat Tyler Boyd over Deion Lewis and Chris Godwin over DJ Moore. Uh, see, Deion Lewis, man, yeah, I, I, tried to, I tried to ride for him for a while, and I, I think I'm out on Deion Lewis. It's just it's not happening. Yep. It's bad. Rob Bulls wrote he started Cameron Brait over Jared Cook. Okay, that, I, that one's on you, though. Jared oh, Cook was a good play. He was a good play against the Chiefs. I mean... Bray was, too, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can understand the thought process there. I can. Jason H., uh, going along with what you guys said about the 49ers running backs, Brita is a roller coaster ride that I'm going to have to get off of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that... that. And that roller coaster ride will make you sick, and it did this past week with him getting hurt. It's again. Just there's so much you just never know with that guy. I know. Uh, ben wrote something in that's normally you you have to agree with him. You have to start these two players. Started Julio and Luck. It was not meant to be, and that one's pretty uh, upsetting because those are starters you always count on. And yeah, it happened so many times. There is like five or six like top notch quarterbacks. There are some yeah. quarterbacks. That's- Dunk. You know, Rodgers wasn't great. Brady. Luck, Brady, Cam. Breeze, Cam. There were some some quarterbacks that you could normally lean on. And I think that that to me is that's heartbreaking, right? That when when those are the guys that sort of lay an egg. Yeah. In, in our in our dynasty league, I started the week off with Ingram and Michael Thomas. Yeah. I mean, and those guys are, are typically well, at least Michael Thomas typically good for uh, a nice stat line. But Julio, I know, and it, it's it's wild too because the Ravens hadn't allowed a hundred yard receiver all season long. Julio had come into that game with six straight hundred yard games. And unfortunately the 18 yards, the favorable fantasy side of that one was, uh, well, let's just put it this way. It went belly up 18 yards. Man, it's mm-hmm. rough. Alex C road started Julio and Mark Ingram opponent had Terry Cohn and Kelsey. It was brutal. Yeah. By another, uh, how about yeah. Tyreek? He, Tyreek Hill didn't, didn't boy, do much. he hurt me in our league big time. And 
he came this close to getting a, t- a long touchdown from yep. Mahomes, and Mahomes just overthrew him. Mahomes, he had a little juice in that arm yesterday. Uh, he overthrew a couple of guys. I think it was Conley also that he overthrew would have had a touchdown there. But um, unfortunately, these are the uh, fantasy points that these we all lament about. That's why it's called Monday Morning. Yep. Uh, we'll do a defensive one. Aisha picked up the Packers D, benched the Jaguars D. Jags D had 15 on my bench, held luck to under 10. Packers D only got three points. But again, uh, the right decision. Right. The Packers D, I mean, it just seems so easy, right? Everything was pointing toward the Packers defense being a great start. And the Jaguars had no points against the Bills the previous week. I mean. None. Yeah. And the Bills are awful. It's almost like predicting the future is hard. It is hard. It's fun, <laughs> but it's hard. And we could uh, wrap them all up. I think Carlos probably wrote it best here because uh, we had, uh, oh, thanks to everyone who tweeted in, uh, a lot of missed out playoffs. But Carlos wrote, I don't want to talk about it. Goodbye, playoff <laughs> crying emoji. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people yeah. are with Carlos. Huh? So how, how many leagues did you end up in this season? Uh, I was in 10. Okay. Um, I think I am in the playoffs in seven. of. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm in seven of 10. I have a shot, which is probably not going to happen, to be in an eighth. But uh, seven out of 10. So, I mean, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. I mean, look, and all you got to do, you just want to get in the dance. Yep. Once once you're in, who knows what happens. You just want to get in the dance. And, and one of the leagues that I missed the playoffs, I outscored the first, second, and third place teams but I had the most points scored against me, and we'll have an off-season conversation about points scored and how you should sort of I want to do utilize that in, in the fantasy playoffs. I want to do like an off-season summit where we bring a lot of different people together, and we we really dig into the state of fantasy football, the state of the union, and how we can make it better, how we can make changes. Like I really think that we should do this because we have these discussions sort of every week about mm-hmm. you know 100%. scoring and lineups and this and that. Like we should just like. And it's us as people from other companies or whatever. We just really just talk this thing out, and we can maybe make a maybe make a video series out we of this thing. No, we don't have a real off season. We're right. constantly going. We'll make a video series out of it. I could uh, I could add my own personal Monday morning, but this one's like kind of bragging. I'm in the playoffs. Bring it, me. bring it, buddy. Uh, I lost to a really. I'm losing to a really really bad team, like second worst in my league. And if I won the game, I have the top overall seed, get a first round bye. I'm going to lose it, drop down to third place, have to play first round of the playoffs instead. So mm-hmm. that's my like kind of uh, mini. Monday morning. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that, that's that's a rich man's fantasy problem. <laughs> you made the playoffs, my friend. Exactly. Just like Marcus said, all you want to do is get into yeah, the tournament. Hear my and then anything can happen. So. Anything can happen. Hey, so we appreciate your tweets. We appreciate you listening as always. And for those of you who made it into the playoffs, congratulations. Yes. Best of luck over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully you're hoisting a trophy. For those of you who didn't, Oh, sorry about your luck. Better luck next year. But, hey, hang with us because we'll still have plenty of fun things to talk about and maybe ways to help you improve your fantasy team for next season. And always remember, the only purpose of a child's middle name is so they know when they're in trouble. See you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap, fresh, green, Irish, Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrict Supply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.